Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray and his NFL debut. That's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, you have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back, so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at NFL.com slash NFL. Hey guys, the big game is coming up and Podcast One wants to be sure that you're ready for all of the action, for all the NFL and sports coverage you need. Not only our podcast, but make sure you check out the Dan Patrick Show, the Rich Eisen Show, and of course, Ross Tucker's football podcast and the rest of the Podcast One Sportsnet. We've got the biggest guests, the best commentary, and everything in between. Be sure to subscribe to these shows and more on Podcast One, Apple Podcast, and many other podcast apps so you can get the new episodes every week. Welcome into the PFF NFL Podcast. Steve Palazzolo, Sam Watson here. We are not so live, but no. we're coming to you from Radio Row at the Super Bowl. A very special show. We already did our Super Bowl preview mm-hmm. on Monday, so you guys can check that out. And then, Sam, it's your first Super Bowl. How's it going down here? It's going good, although in score, in tally, you are one fan sighting to zero. Yeah, shout out to my fan. You, you tracked me down yesterday. Verified fan. You wanted a picture. Sam clarified that it wasn't just because I was tall and freakish? Yes. Well, the f- you've had two people so far stop you for photographs down right. here at Super Bowl week. The first one, I'm 100% certain, was only interested in a photo with you because you're such a tall, freakish human being. He was from Spain, apparently. He kept telling us. So that guy is not a fan. That guy just wanted a tall, you know, a picture with the freak. The second guy stops you for a photograph. I was like, hang on. Do you want a photograph with him because he's tall or because you know who he is? And he goes, no, no, I know who you guys are, PFF, blah. Blah, blah. And then just stands in, gets a picture with you while Shout I'm like, out to Brett. while I'm standing there doing nothing. Yeah, yeah. So I got this, but you got a photograph. Big PFF fan. So that so. that is officially a verified fan for you, Team Steve guy. Can't go anywhere around here without fans, you know, tracking you down for photographs. But we're we're, we're more than willing. So if you, you guys want a photo, if you run into us down here, particularly if you're a Sam fan, because I'm now one behind. Yeah, you're losing. Right. So it's been great. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Great week. It's all brought to you by Proper Cloth, the entire show. I see you got your cactus shirt on. I got mm-hmm. my beautiful fitting lavender shirt on. Propercloth.com slash PFF. It's where you can get the very best in men's custom shirts. PFF20 is the promo code. Get $20 off your first shirt. I have made it a point to look good all week you have. here. You've been, I, some would say, overdressed. Nope. Proper cloth dressed. Properly dressed uh-huh. is what I would mm-hmm. say. Looking good here on Radio You've Row. Been That's been fine. my goal. The proper cloth stuff is outstanding. Get yourself a custom tailored shirt. There is nothing like it. I, the basketball work has been paying off. Andy Kalut told me, I can see you do cardio. 
Oh, wow. That's on good. the air. Looking good. Right? With the cactus shirt. With the cactus. That thing's going to become oh, famous yes. by the end here. So propercloth.com. It's where we got these shirts. It's where you guys should go check them out. Shirts starting as low as $80. PFF20 is the promo code. Propercloth.com slash PFF. Now, this show is a special one because we said we already did the preview. We wanted to bring other people in to forward that. Mm-hmm football conversation. Yes. So we have. We've got a couple of people, a couple of guests. Former NFL guard slash tackle Jeff Schwartz. Yes. Not We're, just Mitchell Schwartz's brother. Not just Mitchell Schwartz. To him. I did introduce him as Mitchell Schwartz's brother. Yeah. You'll you'll hear that in a second. So Jeff Schwartz is here. He's making the rounds. He's got his brother in the Super Bowl, former NFL player, and then the great. He's always introduced as the great. Great Cosell. Okay. That's why I, the way I always hear him. Um, this is this has been like years in the making to get a football minds like Greg Cosell to mesh with PFF. There's a lot of similarities in how we started and in the passion that we have for understanding football and moving the football conversation forward in that respect. So great conversation with Greg about quarterbacks, evaluation, a little bit of Super Bowl talk. So it's a great show. Absolutely. And it's a different one. So let's get straight into Jeff. Let's start with Jeff. All right, we're here with Jeff Schwartz. The brother of Mitchell Schwartz, one of the best. Is he the best right tackle in the NFL? You tell me. Your grades are right there. Don't do the man like that. The brother of Mitchell Schwartz. That's all he is. That's really, I mean, look, to be fair, I played eight seasons, and I was a zero-time All-Pro. Mitchell's a four-time All-Pro, so I feel like you, especially in this this setting, too, where he's playing the game I never did. You got unlucky with injuries. I did. I I can relate. fair. I have been working on basketball, and I've just been racking up a list of injuries, so I can can relate to the struggles (laughs) you've been through. If there's anything that we do here is Sam relates to football players based off his like, <laughs> Division II Irish background, and I relate to the professional athletes because that's what Look, I was. Second team, all IAFL back in the day. So yeah. You put I, some respect I, on that. I've never been second team anything. That's what I'm I saying. Look, yeah. Congratulations. Look, if anyone is going to be paying respect, it's, you, it's be coming this way. Yeah, right. you should be interviewing. I found a fan yesterday. There was a fan here. Really? To take a picture so with me. How many? It was not Duke. No, it's not Duke. Is he here? No. We got to hang out. He'll be so, here. He'll be here actually tomorrow. How wow. many people have stopped you and asked you for photographs while you've been here? Zero. Two people have asked him for photographs. Now, one of them, I'm pretty sure, wanted the photograph just because he's seven foot tall. Yeah. The second one, I verified that he actually knew who he was before he got the photograph. He's just so excited about how Steve grades film. He just was. He like, was. So he was a YouTube he's a big fan. fan. <laughs> PFF NFL podcast. Uh, he retweeted. The, he tweeted right. out the picture. He's got four whole followers. We just appreciate. Him. Now he appeared to be a fan specifically of Steve because. I made sure that he knew who he was. Like, oh, yeah, PFF, love you guys. Great stuff on YouTube. And then he just, like, photographed with Steve. I'm, like, stood over here. Nothing. You feel left out. Yeah. I love how you really are running highlights of my brother. Just <laughs> yeah, we've got, we have Mitchell film. Schwartz film. From week one, Right too. here. It's the whole season. He's got, like, 150 uh, key plays the key in players our system here. How's this? Look, get to the second oh, level. Take oh, out the God. backer. Woo! And look at that. See, this is the beauty of the PFF system. Mitchell gets a positive grade for this particular block, and it was like a two-yard game. I think that's why we're great, Jeff. I think that's why <laughs> OL Twitter, hashtag O-line Twitter, needs to respect PFF the, a little bit the, more. Um, I, I've told you this before. I, th- I think your general grading is fine. I think you're pretty much right where it should be. But the stuff that O-line Twitter gets upset about, and we've had you on my other like three podcasts to go, yeah. is the idea that like you don't know the plays, right? But but I, I your methodology, I agree with. Like, look, if we mess up one play, we're probably going to mess up another one in the other direction. We'll even out. Like, you know, if we mess up 15 plays a year, right? I got screwed. By that podcast, Sam. Yeah, you guys, good. You guys had me no, on no, at like no, two a.m. No, Duke. Duke. I mean, look. He asked you uh, like a, a scheme specific, right? Like, you guys. Power. Well, not even that. You guys had me on like two a.m. Right. I'm staying up for this thing. Know. I'm sleepy. 
It's not, you know, I'm, I'm tired. I just want to go to bed. We got you. And then you guys are like, talk me through power block by block. And I, me at 2 a.m., I didn't even think to be like, we got well, you. I didn't even think to ask, like, well, what's the front I'm looking at? Like, we, this is we not. We got a, you. We got you. You really Here's, did. Try it again. We, we Ready? Got you. Down block, double team the three. Guard pulls around. Just do it. Go ahead. Yeah. Leave me alone. The team down, 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 Weber down, down, around. Right. There you go. Um, no, I mean, look, I, I definitely think that the way you guys chart, especially pass protection, is awesome because, um, you know, we, we've talked about this many times, you know, a sack is not just on the offensive line. Right. And I think that, that and I think there's other great, not grading services, but people just look, you know, like NFL.com just lists a sack based off who, like if your player yeah. lined up over you, right. you have a sack. And I think that, that being able to great, because that's, a, the run game is hard for people to really digest. But the pass game you see, right? I mean, everyone's kind of like open, you see everything there. And so to say like, hey, this player you know, the the NFL.com hasn't been down for seven sacks when it's really just two because the quarterback did a terrible job. That's been great because raising, raising awareness for that. And even great, like Deshaun Watson is terrible in the pocket. Like it's not, oh, yeah, and, right. and like. He's always and, high in our yeah. sacks. And, and, and I think know, even even him. for part of the season when Pat Mahomes wasn't healthy, he was not yeah. very good in the pocket either. And it's one of those things as well where there's like, there's there's levels of understanding. Right? Right. The, the basic level stuff is, did you block your guy? Did yeah. you not? But then the next level, so we have things where we put out like, you know, uh, Brian O'Neill for the Vikings yeah. didn't give up a sack for most of the year, right? Yeah. And then we would put this out on Twitter, and some guy goes, what about this play right here? You're like, look, just because his man <laughs> sacked the quarterback right. doesn't mean it was his fault. Right. That is a play where Russell yeah. Wilson starts bouncing at the back of the pocket. Yeah. That's not on Brian O'Neill. Right. Yeah. So even though you have this play where it looks like he gave up a sack, yeah. you need to understand the dynamics of what's happening. It's not just the blocker. Yeah. Like he's blocking for a specific point he's blocking for the quarterback to be somewhere when the quarterback goes somewhere else that guy gets Correct. screwed and i think the other thing too is the whole concept of finishing right because that's that's a big thing that that gets taught in you know from early on about offensive line play but you know the finish part of it is is accounted for in your grading it's just not said because right. you know if you're finishing a block you're that means you're taking a guy further than he wants to go that's going to be a good play like i mean yeah, you watch course. mitch's plays yeah but you guys don't refer to it as like finishing, right? Yeah. And that pisses pisses me off, pisses other people <laughs> off too, because like that, like that is the the idea of finishing your block is what we do, and that makes you that that makes you from a good player to a great player. Right. A lot of guys can get in the way, right. but it's a matter of being able to take your guy further than he wants to go, and we take pride in that part of our game, and that's not reflect. It's reflected in the grading, obviously, because typically you would get a good grade for that. But you guys don't ever explicitly say like yeah. this is a block that the guy's finished, right? And from our side, it's like it's. A Knowing when you know offensive line guys like highlight a block where it's it's way away from the play, it makes no difference whatsoever, and he jumps on top to finish him. Well, that's, like, well, that yeah, didn't, but, that didn't but, do anything. But it's very hard to do that. Though. I mean, that's sure, yeah, yeah. Is like it's the idea of finishing in the NFL. I know you you do a lot of college. Like, there's. I mean, the pancake level in college is much higher than NFL. It's yeah, easier to finish guys. Yeah. And the idea of actually flattening someone, right. I mean, that only happens if you're a good NFL player like five times a game. Yeah. But it's all about like... And college happens all the time. And so it's like that. It's like, even though it's away from the play, it's still like super cool when it happens because they, they don't want to... They're not trying to get pancakes. Right. At great. the same time, though, and your brother's really good at this, you guys are like, he tripped. You guys are hashtag he tripped Twitter, <laughs> yes, right? It's very when good. the old line gets pancaked and it's like, no, he got tripped up. Well, that, can't is, do that. that is true, But though. that never happens in reverse. Look, he pancaked him. Look, the old line made a great play. And it oh, just, no. Never. It never, no, never, never happens in reverse. Defensive linemen never get tripped, ne ne right? Never. They've never been tripped once. No. They always go down against their will. Mm -hmm. 
and we're always doing, and it's always clean when yeah. we finish up. We never so, do anything wrong. Sam, Sam always uses Quentin Nelson as the example. He's the guy that brings us all together. Yes. He does what you guys love. He does what we love. <laughs> like Quentin Nelson is like the, the guy that, that bonds he, O-line Twitter and PFF. He had, he put out a video yesterday on Instagram singing to, uh, he had just got a haircut. He looked really good and he was singing like the lyrics to the song. It was, oh my God. He's a national treasure. He's a giant human. He really is. Like his, his upper body is like a fridge and his legs are like kind of thin, which is the opposite of a lot of our builds. And he's just a freak show. So I mean, this is, this crazy. is one thing that's been intriguing me this week during, um, during this whole media role. You know, there's a lot of guys here. A lot of guys are former players. A lot of guys are former offensive linemen. And there's this trend at the moment of seeing these guys that recently retire and then just shed a ton of weight. You know, um, John Sullivan is the, the latest one that I saw. Yeah, yeah. Stand like 240 or whatever it is. Looks pretty shredded. Um, Nick Hardwick is yeah. a couple of spots behind. Oh us. yeah, he's, he looks right. good too. Yeah. And so there's a ton of these guys, and I think and, there's these two. Fat. Well, these these two types of bodies, right? <laughs> there's these guys that have to work yeah. so hard to maintain like 285, right? Oh, and yeah. as soon as they stop playing, they shed it all, and they're like normal size guys. Like Hardwick is the same size as Eric over here, oh, who's yeah. like a small college tight end, right? And then you've got guys like you who are just huge oh, human okay. beings. I've always been right? like that's the thing is is I was so I'm about. I'm a little, little heavier than I want to be right now, but up until about a couple months ago, um, I was less weight than I was when I was a freshman in college. Wow. Like I was, and I got up to college, I got to 372 in college Whoa, wow. when, I, when I was like fully playing. Like, like I was 19 yeah. years old, so I had a good metabolism. I was playing every day. I was practicing every day. It was, and so I got to 372. I played in the NFL. It, the lightest I ever was was like 332 and, and you know, mostly 340. So like I've already lost weight. Right. Like this is how big I've been since I played. Now obviously I like to lose a little bit of weight, but I still work out five days a week. I don't lift five days a week, but I still work out a bunch. I like working out. Um, I've been eating better, things like that. But I, I, I just I'm never gonna be that guy. Like I've I'm more weight than when I play, but I wear smaller clothes. It's really weird. My, I just, it's like my body's not normal. It is funny um, how guys come from yeah, so different like, ends, like right. naturally big versus so like, I, small, like, right? I was always the guy that had to lose weight to make weigh in every week. Right. Like I said, like Weston Richburg, who's injured right now from the Niners, he's the opposite. So we would sit there Friday mornings before weigh-ins. I would actually have already weighed in. You were in like a sweatsuit yeah, trying like, to get yeah, rid of weight and him yeah, so, yeah. Like eating burgers. So, so he would... So, uh, he would so I'd already weigh in. I'd wake up, I'd get there early and see if what my weight was. And if I had to go to the steam room, I would. If not, I just would go eat breakfast. And he was the opposite. He'd wait till the very end of the weigh in of the weigh in so he could eat a bunch. Right. I mean, he would eat like so much food, pound water. I knew guys that would, not him, but I knew guys that would put like weights in their pockets yeah. because guys need to be at that certain weight. I know Sullivan, you mentioned, got real thin, Hardwig. And Kyle Long was here yesterday. He looks a, a lot thinner. Um, and. It's it's a toll to play this game. That's why when people are done, they just immediately shed the weight because yeah. uh, Ryan Cleo's a buddy of mine, Jordan Gross. Um, they just they lose the weight and. But a lot of these guys, well, was, particularly if you're if you're that type of build, right? The guys that have to work to yeah. put it on. Like as it's soon hard. as you stop, yeah. it's it's not doing you good. Like just get rid of that Correct. weight. But then right. there are these other guys that are just huge, like yeah. huge human beings. Well, I think I'm one of the rare ones that kind of has stayed the same. Either you get like really fat or really thin. But I feel great. Like I, I have friends who've lost weight that feel terrible. I, a couple guys I know that lost weight felt really weak and then kind of put weight back on because their bodies are used to right. to lifting. And that's one thing that I think people don't understand. Like I. Everyone tries to quit lifting when they retire. I'm not going to lift. And then by six months in, your body's like, I have to lift. Like, it just makes you feel good. Not heavy, obviously. Like, I like working out. So, yeah, there's body types all over the place. And uh, it's, what, it's what makes, obviously, 
kind of every every sport unique, right? I mean, baseball players are different yeah. body structures now. Guys, I mean, when when we watched baseball as a kid, no one worked out really. I mean, oh right, I mean, I mean until they started roiding right, up, started and, roiding then, up, you know, and then everyone worked out. But yeah. he, like a bunch of fat dudes were playing baseball. So usually. Steve is the largest human in the yeah. room that we're in, right? But and you would be one of the other ones, right? But the big show was oh, here yeah. yesterday. I heard Shaq was here too, right? Somebody said Shaq was walking Shaq? around. Yeah. Shaq was here too yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen a show. I wear a size eighteen. I mean, Shaq's a twenty-two. Right. Like if we could get a photograph, right, with the big show, Shaq, you, Steve, and then me down the front like a twelve-year-old yeah. child. Well, you'd be out of the picture because no one, no one knows who you are. We don't want. We don't need you. <laughs> yeah, the fan does, yeah. fans aren't interested. You've never been that. asked for a picture yet. This no, I haven't. So, that's true. So that's that's. So you wouldn't need to be in this picture. Okay. Be, it, it I would think be for really scale, funny. it would be useful, though. It'd be really funny. Um, uh, my wife is flying right now. There's a, she sends me a picture of a lady wearing a mask, um, and then she's wiping all is down like, the seats. Is it PFC commenter? Uh, it's not. She's <laughs> wiping out all the seats like with uh, with. Well, a, that lady hasn't heard that those masks are useless against the virus. It's, they, I don't, they don't stop it. There was a guy here handing out the, ma- the masks. Yeah, but apparently the, the masks don't Look, stop particles I, small enough to stop I, the virus getting I'm, through. I'm kind of like this. I'm kind of this type of person where, like, if I get that virus and die, I mean, it's going to suck. But, like, what are you, like, what am I, am I not supposed to live my life until then? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like you know. You're just going to roll with the chances. Yeah, like, like, whatever. Like, if I get the virus, and this will be, I guess, my eulogy one day. I mean. This you got to go out somehow. It like, might as well be the like, coronavirus. Like, like, at the Super Bowl. Yeah. The Super Bowl, yeah. Right. yeah. And hopefully my brother wins, so it makes it worth it. If I, so oh, this yeah. is the thing. Go it on top. You you're here like basically just to support Mitch, right? No, I mean I come for the media stuff typically, but I I came a day earlier to help to do some opening night stuff, and then normally I would leave tomorrow on Friday. Okay, but I'm staying for the weekend. Like I'm, I got to do a couple more things today, and then I'm out, and then tomorrow is just like a Rex hang out with my wife day. Do normal stuff Saturday. I mean, it's just like it's so family's different. in town and everything. Yeah, my wife will get in today. Yeah, my parents get in tomorrow, and then uh, we'll go up to the team hotel, stay there for a couple days, and then uh, the game Sunday. It's it's weird. Like I just I never been to Super Bowl before, and I don't know what to expect. I mean, I've been told what it's like, and you know, it's weird because it's corporate crowd, Niner fans, Chiefs fans, right. the whole pageantry of the flyover and the anthem, and and uh, the halftime show, and it's a longer night. So, I mean, look, I just hope the Chiefs win because right. it it'll make all of this worth it. Yeah. If, they, if they don't win, it's... So what, uh, yeah. what secret inside info can you give us? Um, well, I, I we think, won't tell anybody. I, I think the Chiefs... Nope, nobody listens I think the anyway. Chiefs right. like to pass the football. Wow. So there you go. Yeah. And I've been Noted. told... I've you been, must have played the game. I've been told that the team that scores the most points wins. <laughs> and I, I, I heard Mina I, say that. No, I hope, please quote I, Mina. I hope, yeah. I hope that to be true. Oh, sorry, Mina. I'm sorry. I hope that to be true. Um, and, and we'll see. No, I think that... Um, both teams are going to know what the other team does, I think, pretty well. Uh, I mean, it's been floating around for a while now. You know, the, the, the Niners have got to protect the middle of the field against the Chiefs. Right. And, you know, I think people expect them to do kind of what the Chargers have done, uh, the, you know, this season, which is basically protect the middle of the field and try to trap that over route. The Niners, I mean, the Chiefs run a lot on the, the, the three verts. I think Kelsey's going to have a huge game. I think Kelsey's going to be a big factor in this game. Um, and then one thing to understand about this, the, the way this is set up, with the offenses, I think people think they're very, they both kind of, not alike, but they both think like, they're, they're really different offenses. The Chiefs are going to run what the Chiefs run. 
what they do each and every week. They vary it, you know, a little bit formationally and, and what they do. But they run a ton of verticals, right? They run a shallow underneath, run a ton of screens. Um, you know, they find open areas in the field. The Niners are really specific each week to the game plan, to what they see on defense. And so there's just different styles of offense, but they're both work. They're both fun to watch. It's the one game where I'm kind of not disappointed in watching the game. I love to be watching on television because it's a great, like, yeah, re- right. rewind game. Right. You're going to go back. Well, if the Chiefs win, you'll go back and rewatch it many, <laughs> well, I mean, many I'll probably times, watch it. Sure. On, I'll probably watch the, I mean, the All-22 they'll probably put up on, like, Thursday just to, to spite everyone. Right. Yeah, how we, do you we uh, can hook you up early? If yeah, you we could. To. Oh, we get the good stuff. Thanks. Um, how do you think the <laughs> matchup of the 49ers defensive line is going to go against yeah. Mitch and the, those the, the Chiefs offense? Well, line? look, it's very simple. They you have to win one on one matchups. I, I think people have asked me this all week and said, "Hey, you know, what, what are they going to do differently?" Nothing. You have to win. Like yeah. it, it's very simple. I, people, I, I we have a misconception about the idea of like of chipping guys, right? So. Ideally, for an offense, you don't want to chip, especially yeah. with the Chiefs, because it's a spacing offense, oh, and, Ke- and, Ke- and Kelsey to, yeah. is used as part of that spacing. Right. And if you chip, you lose a tight end for a little bit, or yeah. you lose a back. And the Chiefs' running backs aren't really, a, a, you know, they run some of the H team stuff, but you know, some of the fun. But the, the, the running backs will be more likely to chip than will a tight end because the running backs can eventually get out. But again, like you're paying my brother, you're paying Eric Fisher, you're paying LDT. You have, you know, you obviously have a little bit cheaper in the guard, guard center. They got to win their blocks. It's, it's that simple. So I think the Bosa Fisher matchup is going to be key because Bosa is really good. Right. Um, and they're going to have to win that. And they're going to have to win inside. They're going to have to find ways to get the ball out quickly. Kind of, it's what the, I, I, I like using the Patriots example of, of pass protection against good defensive lines. For years, especially when they played Denver and like the, the, when, oh, yeah. when Manning was there, they just went empty, right? You spread everything out and you throw the ball as quick as possible. And I think that's what the Chiefs might do. They're not a big empty team, I don't think, right? They don't run a lot of empty. I could pull it up. Um, Let's check. They're, they're not a big empty team, I don't think. And, um, but they, they might, they might do a little bit more of that this game. To me, and I'm not saying this because he's your brother, but it looks like Mitch is the one advantage on that offensive line yeah. in terms of one-on-one. Everybody else, I think the 49ers have the advantage. I would say that's probably fair. Um, you know, Mitch against D40, he obviously, oh, that beauty right there. Uh, nice. Rob uh, Ryan rolling yeah, his way through beauty. in Look a blue suit. suit. With a blue, don't is that a tell me I'm overdressed yeah. this week. Don't tell me I'm overdressed yeah. this week when Rob Ryan. There are five people in this building wearing suits. Rob Ryan's one of them. You are one of them. Rob Ryan is one of them. Oliver Luck is one of them. Yes. Um, and a couple other people. You dress like you make $20 million. People think you make $20 million a year. <laughs> I like think, Oliver. I don't know if people think that about you. Um, and. Um, fan. And so, you know, Mitch against D Ford, you know, I, I, I obviously practicing each other for years. Right. Um, and I think Mitch, you know, the thing about D Ford is he's get off and hopefully he can line up on sides. I've only made that joke like three times this week. <laughs> and um, if Mitch can negate, you know, his get off, I think you, Mitch will be fine. Um, I don't get, you know, like, if I were to rush Mitch, I would do differently than everyone else would. And I don't know. I, mean, I guess I, I guess I'm, I like I would just I'd bull rush him as much as possible. Again, it's what Von Miller does. Von Miller bull rush, bull rush, bull rush, and tries to go underneath him. Why are you trying to and, keep secrets out there? Well, it's not it's not a surprise. Well, look, they're still brothers. Like, so the I'm bottom just, line, you want to screw him like, at every chance like, you get. Like, it's just it's so weird to me. I mean, he he is Mitch is so good at the vertical set. Like, I, there's not many guys in the NFL that can set like him, and he's so patient. And he's so good with his hands that, like, guys who try to hand fight him, he's going to beat you. Right. I, he, he's, he, he knows what guys are doing. Um, he's so patient. That's why a lot of times I think and we've seen the older Bosa has been okay against him. 
uh, a lot. Not this year. He was great this year. But it's guys that kind of like work him, work him, work him. And then the D Ford, I think, is going to be too much hand. Mitch is going to shut him down. Don't, don't, if, if he doesn't, don't just cut it this out. <laughs> hey, we'll edit it. Don't is worry. It, yeah. Is it different? Because I keep saying when you play Mahomes, I think yeah. you want to, comp- we were talking in the yes. hall the other, you yeah. want to compress the pocket. I think right? so too, yeah. Because if like, if Bosa wins quickly, he still has to tackle Mahomes, who's got such good pocket yeah. presence and feel, right? So if you can compress the pocket, but the, if you know that the team's trying to do that, Bill Belichick does this all the time yeah. against mobile quarterbacks, you know, keep your good, stay at the level yeah. of the quarterback. Right. Does that change the way you're going to block, knowing that they're not necessarily trying to beat you, so to speak? Um, I would say no, because the second that they decide, okay, on this play, you know, you know, for people, you know, pass rush is coordinated at times, right? So like right. They, they they might decide, okay, on this play, Bosa, you go for it, and we'll kind of we'll rush to make sure that if you miss, we'll have someone covered on right. your side, right? Right. So if you're an offensive tackle and you set like, okay, he's not going to go upfield this rep, and he does, then you get beat. Right. So I think you set the same way every time, but you know that maybe in this game. You know, if, if Buckner or Armstead, they're not late counter guys, so like they, they, you know, they do their one move and they, they're stop. This game, if they're bull rushing you, you know they're going to try to shed you and get off to, to Pat Mahomes at some point. Right. So you might change your mentality kind of post-block once you get into the block. But I, I think the Niners' number one game plan on Mahomes is not let him out of the pocket. We, we talked about this in the hallway. Like, th- those throws are so demoralizing to a team, not just a defense, because you know, an offensive player... It's third and twelve. I'm on the opposing offense, right? I'm like, I'm, I stand up from the bench, getting ready to go back on the field, got my helmet on. Uh, I'm thinking about what plays we're about to run or what adjustments we're going to make, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're so close to getting right, and then boom, he escapes out, and I have to go sit back down. I feel less good about our, you know, our team. So like, it's demoralizing to make that right. happen. And they're also usually the big plays, right? Because yes. everything breaks down, and your guy has the yeah. steals and, the advantage. And they practice, you know, they practice all that stuff. So they know, yeah. you know, that one guy goes deep, one guy comes underneath, um, one guy comes in, one guy goes deep. I mean, they, they know that that's the way, the typical structure of how that breaks down. And also on, you know, the defense, you know, you might, you know what, you know, Sherman, I think, said a quote, he knows what's happening like 75% of the time. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you do, that's great. But then you don't know the secondary move that's going to happen because right. Pat Mahomes got out of the pocket. Yeah. So it's an interesting di- dynamic for the Niners. Do they, do they constrict the pocket or do they try to win now right away with one or two guys every play? Yeah, it takes away that advantage of actually studying the tape, right? Because yeah. you might know what they want to run in this situation, but as soon as it breaks down, all bets are off. You just got to cover the guy, yeah. and that's way harder. I remember the 2018 the, the Chargers game that was on primetime. Yeah. They lost down the stretch, and I think it was Joey Bosa sealed the deal with a sack. Yeah. And I remember thinking that, too. Like, if you take it, it was fourth and long. Yeah. And if you take a chance here on Mahomes, you have... Yeah. You're on the highlight reel, right? right? Because he could make those spectacular plays, but he tried to win and he did win and yeah. he got the sack. So I like what you're saying, kind of like pick your spots and maybe I, and, mix it up. And the tough part, I was talking to some guys yesterday about, some defenders yesterday about that idea. Like how tough is it to just con- constantly like rush to not sack the quarterback right away? Because the one time you screw up that, you know, Mahomes might break and, and go free. And it's, right. it's, it's tough to for a defense to just do the same thing and not be aggressive. And so it takes a concerted team effort, which the Patriots have done for a long time now on that front, of just we're going to do what we're supposed to do. Our chances will come eventually, but you have to do what we were coached to do, and eventually we'll get home. And I do think that adding Warner late is something that they might do, yeah. in, in especially if if they think they can't get home with fours. They're going to find a way to maybe twist up front and add Warner late as a fifth guy. Still play zone behind it, but add him late. Yep. It's, it's an interesting dynamic what that does when you have a quarterback that you really don't want to get out. Because I've actually been talking to Mitch back and forth yeah. this season about it, about the Ravens, right? Because you've got Lamar Jackson, yeah. obviously. And again, the last thing you want to do 
is letting yeah. him outside the pocket where he just murders you. And we've been sort of talking about what that does to Ronnie Stanley in particular, right? Because yeah. his numbers this season for us, they've been insane. Great, yeah. Like the guy allowed six pressures all season yeah. long. You're like, okay, but one, they're throwing less than everybody, right? Two, nobody wants to sell out upfield because Correct. Lamar Jackson's going to bounce. Three, you know, there, there's, so, there's all these plays where, you know, it's, it's the... Um, the read option stuff. There's so many. There's so much yeah, the that pure, takes away pure, the pure pass the pure dropbacks. Yeah. And then even if you just limit it to that sample size, it's really hard to tell what effect making that number smaller has. The fact that he doesn't have to do well, it as often. I mean, this is the conversation we had about about Conklin a while back with all, right. the, with all the help he gets. Right. So let's say you have 35 pass blocks and only like 12 of them, which Conklin ended up having like all the way back his rookie year, were like actual true pass sets. Yeah. It just mentally you feel more confident about that. I think with the Ravens offense specifically, you know. And this is the, this is what you know the whole idea behind like kind of like the body blows, establish the run type of thing. How it helps the plan to pass is that a lot of times Ronnie Stanley would just set firm. Everyone think it's run because right. they run the ball so much. Um, he had a great season. I'm not taking that away from him, but obviously the offense is helpful. But he played elite in that offense. Yeah, right? like, I, I, that's a difference. He still played elite in that offense. You know, Lamar. It's interesting. Because Lamar Jackson out of the pocket is different than Pat Mahomes. I actually would argue that Mahomes is more deadly outside the pocket because he Certainly throws the, the coverage. Ball. Yeah, and and Lamar's just running. And the Titans, you know, they they spied Lamar and it worked because they just forced him to the sideline. Yeah. Well, they spied Mahomes. It did not work because he threw the ball. Right. And it's 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 a different style of offense. I was wrong about the Ravens. Um, I you know I think it's too early to write him off for the playoffs. I mean, it was bad again, but... Um, no, one-game samples, you would never but you, completely write something off. But you, that you have a two-game in the playoff now where just this offense is just different. I can't explain why in the playoffs. I mean... Well, I think this year... So they I, weren't the same team yeah, last year, though. Well, this year, they I were know, a dominant correct. team. They're also... Had, it's they the sample great. size stuff, right? Because each one of them is a completely different situation, right? The first time, I think, that Ravens team, the Chargers showed yeah. up with a game plan that legitimately did stop what they want to do, right? right. This season... Lamar was a different player, right? right? So the same game plan, I don't think, would have worked this season. But what happened this yeah. season is, for basically the first time, you knock that offense out of what it wants to do. You force them to play from behind. You change the game yeah. completely, and they weren't able to overcome that this time. So, you know, I, I think there's two right. different situations. It, it's tough to look at them both and combine them but and say... The, but the same idea is the, the idea of, like, they can't play from behind. Right. It's sort of the same... Like, and, but you know, the way they're set up, it's, they don't play from behind very often. Exactly. And I also think that Ravens do deserve a ton of credit for... You know, the Chargers ran that three three five, right? So they went out and got a downhill running back and more tight ends. Yeah, you can't run three three five. They're adjusting. Yeah, yeah you can't run three three five against that. So we'll see what they do now. And look, the Ravens are still going to win. Everyone's healthy. They're still going to win twelve games next year. I mean, I, no one's they're they're gonna, no one's going to stop this offense again next right. year. Your reservation, you have the same reservations about Lamar that we had. Yeah, just throw for throw accuracy was not good in college. It wasn't yeah. good as a as a rookie. Yeah, but the thing we always said was because of all this stuff, because of the trickery, yeah. because his skill set is so unique and dynamic, he'll have more open throws. So if if you don't hit a guy in stride and you kind of yeah. keep it back here, like who cares if it's open? And I think that um, his accuracy was better this yeah. year, but he also, like Mahomes, does get more open throws. Yeah. The difference is with Patrick Mahomes, he's not a system quarterback, but you got to give every, Andy every Reed quarterback, right? Every quarterback's in a freaking system. I know, I know. Like, it's just a silly. Well, everybody likes to have this black and white thing. So I, I, always, <laughs> I always put that caveat. So Mahomes, Mahomes gets helped by the system. Lamar kind of is the system that Correct. creates those things. So you have to give him credit and say that's that's why he could be a potential superstar year in, year out. Yeah, but I guess the question always comes down to the same idea we always have is how long it's going to last. So we've seen variations of this offense before, um, and they don't last very long. Right. 
and for uh, attrition, teams catch up. But what's interesting is I'm going to see what the Patriots do this offseason because the Patriots built their defense to stop the Chiefs. Mm. Their defense was stopping, right? Multiple up yeah. front to, to bring different looks from Mahomes, man coverage corners, and we're going to be physical with the Chiefs, Mix right? Mix up where the double yeah. team's going yeah. with cover yeah. one, we're, we're, all we're that. We'll yep. trap different guys. Yep. So they, you know, they weren't built to play the Ravens. They were not built to stop the Ravens or the Titans. They weren't, and, even, and they played well against the Titans. This whole stupid argument about the Titans fans were all like, oh, we played well against the Pats. No, no you didn't. You scored 14 you, you points. 14 points, yeah. guys. Um, <laughs> So it'd be interesting to see if the if the, the Patriots decide because we'll, we'll if they keep Tom Brady, which I think they do, defensively are they going to get bigger? Are they still going to gear up for the Chiefs? Like what are they going to do defensively to kind of like how, how much do they fear the Ravens being a thing? Is, yeah, we'll stop both. I mean, the AFC could be quite the battle over the next few years if the Patriots recover yeah. a little bit and you got the Ravens, I, you got the Chiefs. I think the Patriots got, aren't that far off though. Yeah. No, you bring Tom back. You had a tight end. You had a wide receiver. They need to. They need That's, to hit on some skill position acquisitions. I right. think that Correct. was the big thing for years. The whole thing was basically hinged on like one or two guys. So you had Gronk for an entire well, decade. That, I mean, That's yeah, going to help. Yeah. You then had Edelman, who was the secondary guy. When those two guys were there, it didn't really matter what else. And then you, you get the pieces together by just yeah. throwing the dice, right, and hoping you hit. Correct. And Now this year, obviously you lose Gronk. You've now only got Edelman, and everything they tried to add the other pieces crapped out, right? right? Antonio yeah. Brown, uh, Nikhil Harry, um, Mohamed Sanu. Like every time they tried <laughs> to add something, it, it just didn't work. Yeah, and and they're going to have to hit. No, Tom Brady's at the point of his career where he can't carry a team. Right, he now needs those those guys. He needs all the parts. So I think I think that to win, Tom should come back. Obviously, I mean, there's no question about that. I mean, ultimately, they. I I think they they mend the fences. I I do wonder if I do wonder if Tom waits like two. Like he tells the Patriots, I think I'm going to come back. I want to see what you do the first two days of free agency. Yeah. And just decides, like, okay, they've added, who, I don't know who's a, who's a free agent tight end. Is, isn't a, a Hunter Henry? Hunter Henry, yeah. Hunter Henry so, would be. So you, would you, be you add, you add yeah. Hunter Austin Henry. Hooper feels like the yeah. guy they'd overpay. Yeah. Or they're going to wait and get Tyler Eifert in, like, day seven. Yeah, yeah like, right. That's look, what they so, really like, do. Like, so that's probably what they're going to do. Right. I think he would be good in that offense. And you, you add him, you add, you know, I don't know who, what wide receivers are available. You add a middle tier wide receiver. AJ Green. Oh, Amari Cooper. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see them going yeah, to spend that much money. But like, you know, Sanders, and then, maybe. And then Tom Brady decides, okay, this is what we're going to do. Right. And I think if Antonio Brown got cleared, I think they would still, they would still sign up. Still now? Oh, give it another shot. Yeah, right. why not? So you mentioned, uh, tr- you use the phrase like true pass sets or whatever. Yeah. We're trying to actually create that as a metric. Yes, okay. So we're, I'm over here looking at the PFF Wait. data and ultimate. So I, here's how I did it, right? Five and seven step dropbacks. So take out three step. Plays that are straight. So take out rollouts. Yes. Right? No play action, no screens, time to throw at least 2.1 seconds, and that's it. Those are our, what we're calling our true pass sets, and then you sort it by here. So how do you EFF grade? So how do you how do you um, uh, determine because the, they don't really the five the five and seven step is now just it's almost off where they drop to right because in so we're doing it based off that. We, yeah, so, so it's like, basically so like nine yards is a seven step drop. Correct. Okay. So yeah. anything that's seven. Or above, we would say is five or yeah. five or okay, seven. Yeah. So that's just how we've yeah, because like we've a, created a, that metric. We found like, that this is actually most stable year to year too. Cause, yeah, because a three step drop now is just a quarterback literally catching the ball and staying in place. Yeah, right. A f- five step drop is essentially going to seven. Yeah, so we're, it's so it's re- I should say it's more like a five step concept. We're calling it so yeah. Yeah, one step from the I, from the gun, three step from under center. I, is the I, same. Yeah, I almost I would almost say like there's only two types of. Pass, of, of dropbacks now. It's almost like a quick game and then just deeper than that. Right, right. It's almost not even... Like I Because I think that quarterbacks are either setting it six, six and a half 
or nine. Like, right. There's no like, there's no middle ground now where guys yeah. are setting at. Obviously, RPOs change it, and playing pass is different. Um, but it feels like that's where quarterbacks are doing now. And then you have the older guys like Philip Rivers and Tom Brady. Those guys just don't even move. They sit at seven and they just right. hang out. Which that's is nice fantastic. to protect for, right? When you know, well, that's why. And that's is. why some of the Patriots guys leave. And they're not as good because you know right. Nate Soldier has Eli at nine and a half, not Tom at seven and a half. Right. <laughs> so I got one more question yeah. for you before you got to go. Right, the Niners. Classic old school Shanahan yeah. Kubiak outside zone scheme, right? Yeah. You remember there's these old Alex Gibbs oh, yeah. clips, right? Yeah. Online, right? He's like, I can't run anything else. Yeah. I can only rep outside zone. That's it. <laughs> yeah. If you run outside zone, that's what you do. You're a zone team, that's yeah. it. So Shanahan's run more gap scheme than any other time in his career this year, right? Yeah. They're running power, counter, oh, all yeah. this trickeration off of it. Does is it easier from an offensive line standpoint if you are like we run zone and that's it? It's two concepts, master this versus having that run game mix. How does that work for? An yeah, offensive that's lineman? a good question. Um, you know the, the 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 gap schemes they do though, I think are simplified to a specific look. So you know, like, okay, if we're running, you know, we're going to run a wham or we're going to run trap. We're doing to this look and we practice that play only, right? Yeah. And those plays like aren't as technique you, you use a lot of your already like in wham for example you use zone techniques on the front side and then you wham the guy from the tight end so right. there's not much change in what you're doing front side traps a little different but like they're not crazy concepts and they're kind of combining them into yes. these zone looks so that and, it's and, not a complete and, and, change and i love it look patriots last year in the super bowl ran 16 different runs i charted them it was incredible it works it's tougher with practice now, but you have a couple of veteran guys that have done it before, and just you have talented guys, and they buy into what they do. And I think Shanahan does the best in the NFL of setting up the lineman for success by where he puts guys for leverage. Like, the way he moves kill across the line of scrimmage creates a ton of leverage for them, and it's it's fantastic the way it works. But I think it's it because they're so specific to, like, this look, we're running this play, I think it's easier than just saying, like, okay, we're going to run power into any look, or we're going right, to run trap sense. into any look, or we're going to run wham into any look. They're like, I mean, like, the third and eight trap last week, that was for that specific Right, look. you could tell that was... Yeah, it was, like, it was, it was for it was that perfect. look. It was for that look. Yeah. And so you can game plan easier when you tell your lineman, we're running trap only to this play. Right. Don't worry about anything else, and right. if we're not, we'll check out of it. Do you think that, like, the, the different types of offensive linemen are all kind of melding together as well? Because you used to get... Yeah. All zone guys were like 290, right? And then everyone running gap schemes yeah. were 330 plus. Now everyone, now that you're sort of combining the two, you're, you're yeah. really all looking for like 300 pounders to yeah. move. I, I think we're getting interesting. It's interesting. So for many years, a spread offense took over college football. Just everyone was lighter in general. Right. And now they were moving a little bit back in the other direction where we're getting, you know, the college offenses are slowing down. They might still be up tempo, but they don't snap the ball. You know, Oregon's no huddle, but they don't snap the ball until you know five seconds left of the play clock, right? I mean, right. They're, they're, everyone's slowing down now. Guys are, I think, getting bigger again, and you can run outside zone with bigger guys. You typically don't, but you see, like the Steelers still have big hosses. They run the yeah. Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys do both. They run zone and they run duo, so you can have dual linemen. But I think like the days of three forty guys like me are coming back a little bit, but they're way gone. I mean, I, I mean, Quinn Nelson's that big. Yeah, um, he might be bigger. <laughs> Well, I'm He's a freak. freak. Um, you guys yeah, love him. But I think there's there's guys making it back that are Trey Smith. He didn't come out this year. He's a big guy from Tennessee, guard. We're, we're missing a renaissance of bigger guys coming back. Um, but, yeah, I mean, zone 
typically like I was really good on outside zone, but I I had a coach tell me he's like we can't you can't sign you because you you're too big. I was like, but if you see my film, like I can <laughs> yeah right like, just I'm actually like, watch. Like, what I'm I do. good on outside zone. Like I it's I like running zone. See that's where you need us. Yeah, we could say let's check out Jeff's grades just on outside I, zone. I, I wonder if you still good. have that from. I, I'm, I, there's not enough time to yeah, unfilter it. Yes, I say there's no there's no from my old my old filter. Don't don't put Steve on you know under pressure. He can't handle that. It's not a pressure play. Jeff Schwartz out time here. How far back did you guys go and like do for, that stuff? Though? Run concepts specifically. I think 2014. We've got a pretty good. Oh, there picture you go. Yeah, when that. I bum ankle, Jeff Schwartz. I would have liked to see 2013 stats. <laughs> we always oh. we always graded you well. You well, I played well. I was a yeah. good player. I just was hurt all the yeah. time. I was like, <laughs> that's was what I was saying. My, with my problem, and that's the thing that's like sucks about being hurt is, you know, everyone's like we're injury prone, and yeah, you got hurt a lot. But um, I was good when I was healthy. Just I wasn't healthy very often. <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> all right, so we got to get a prediction um, for the game. You doing predictions? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna pick the Chiefs. Obviously, I just think you know. Here's the deal. I think the Niners are a better team. I think it's not like a surprise, not a slight the Chiefs at all. Trent Dilfer, um, like Trent. Uh, uh, that's that. I guess if if there is a blowout, I think it would be almost the Niners winning a blowout. Sure. Yeah. I think like that's. But I think that the question becomes, you know, the the Chiefs have got to win with Mahomes being the MVP. Yep. And he's the difference maker. Is can he right. can he overcome all the trends of that show that he's not going to play well in this game, or the Chiefs' offense won't play well? And he is he's that good of a player. And so um, I just don't know how the Niners stop him unless they get home with four. If they blitz, they're just screwed. I think so. A lot of great matchups for the Chiefs. Uh, high scoring game, which everyone's saying. I guess you know, like 35, 32, some 37, 34. Last possession game. I don't. I won't be nervous for the fourth quarter because I think no matter what happens, this is coming down to the fourth quarter. I think so. Yeah, should be a great game. Anything to uh, promote? Before well, you yeah, my here? podcast, Jeff Schwartz is Smarter Than You. Are you really, uh, though? Yeah, I am. Okay. Um, it's a football podcast. I'll make you smarter about football. And we talk a little, We talked some Barry Bonds a little bit. I, I'm a big proponent of him being in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I agree. If they yeah. put David Ortiz in the Hall of Fame this year and not Barry Bonds, I'm going to have a big problem with that. Yeah, I'm going to write them a letter and tell Barry them I agree. You need me to take over with the baseball talk? Do you think Barry should be in the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. I mean, you saw, right? He was incredible. That's what I'm saying. I mean, so he was roided up Babe Ruth. So what? He was incredible. But, he, but before he took steroids, too, he had 400 home runs oh, yeah, and he was 400 awesome. stolen bases. Right. Also, you know, him everyone else Griffey. was on the roids. Guys. Don't hold uh, it against what? him. What? It says him and Griffey were just like 12. Okay. I know you're anti-Griffey guy. No, I'm anti-Griffey. I'm, I'm, I'm Bonds was much better than Griffey guy. I understand. Yes. Yeah, he was so, incredible. Yeah. So there we go. Jeff Schwartz, thanks for coming out. Appreciate it. Glad and, to be here. Uh, good luck. Enjoy the rest yeah, of the Super Bowl week. fun. Thank you to Jeff. That was that was really great. You know, anytime we can bring old line Twitter and PFF together, mm, it's a beautiful thing. You know, we got to extend the olive branch. I'm and just, I thought Jeff did a good job. Just nice conversation about the game. He did. Jeff's a, Jeff's a nice guy. He's a good guy. He's smarter than you, apparently. Um, I don't buy that. I mean, he's also a tremendously large human being. He is. Like he's a large big guy. guy. I didn't realize he was up to three seventy plus yeah, like at college. one point. Yeah. yeah, I've never been that high. No, you 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 balked at three hundred. Yeah, I don't want three hundred. I've turned turned my back on three hundred. When he was three seventy, he was about two hundred pounds larger than I am right now. <laughs> two hundred. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of human. That's a lot of extra human. We had a large being. a large human here on the podcast. You didn't ask him the uh, question we need to ask. I him. didn't ask him if he shaved his nuts recently. I did you have not. Would they suggest I should? Breaking news right now. This is breaking news on the PFF NFL podcast. This important PSA is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Oh. This breaking news. 
And uh, what is it, Sam? It doesn't say PSA, Steve. It says pubic service announcement. It did say PSA, and then it said this is your pubic service Oh, it did, yeah. So you're right. That's the next line. This, this is your true. pubic service announcement. After more than 18 months of research and development, the Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. We've been over here pushing the lawnmower 2.0 from 2.0, Manscaped. right. Throw it out the window. Gone. We have taken leaps and bounds forwards. We are on to the 3.0. The lawnmower 3.0 Manscaped trimmer is now available for purchase. So where do we get it? So Let's go stop check it out. Whatever the hell you're doing right now, go to manscaped.com, use the promo code PFF, and get 20% off the lawnmower 3.0 with free shipping. And as always, Steve... As always, Steve, your balls will thank you. They will thank you. And if you already got the lawnmower 2.0 with us, thank you. Um, we appreciate but it. We but the 3.0 highly is, recommend the 3.0. You both, we, we both got a special shipment. We did. We got a package of, of the, the 3.0, 3.0 in, yeah. the, in the mail. We were so excited, too. I was in the middle of sending you a picture of the 3.0 yeah. just arriving to my house, and you sent one to me right. at that moment. It's insane. It's got its own little charger. Like you, It stands up, parks neatly in the, uh, the vanity or whatever you guys call those things over here. Charge the thing up, rip away, buzz those balls, buzz them clean. Here's the thing. If you use the lawnmower 2.0, it's an easy transition because it's the same replacement blade with a new and improved skin-safe technology. So they just keep making a great product even better. Cranked up to 7,000 RPM. That's like the Your speed. Balls will thank you. That's the speed of like an impressive, you know, sports car. Seven thousand RPM. My car redlines right. at seven thousand RPM. <laughs> That's the kind of power we're talking about here. Get Sam's car for your nuts. It's PFF <laughs> promo code manscaped.com. Twenty percent off plus free shipping. Promo code PFF over at manscaped.com. Highly recommend the three point oh. Yes. Now it's time for, again, the great Greg Cosell. Let's now, get into... a beautiful segue from ball trimming into Greg Cosell. We didn't ask him either. We didn't ask him if he shaved his nuts. I no, what are we, we doing here? Yeah, Cameron Jordan kind of getting into our shot right here. It's like, yeah, I got to avoid getting an ass cheek in the face. From... It's all right. It's all right. You know, we just, we're professionals here. A lot of stuff has happened. There's something coming up in a, a few podcasts away where, you know, there was like an earthquake around us that people need to tune in for. It was a big, what? there was a, Oh, yeah, yeah. Lady Felt. Yes, anyway, Greg did. Cosell coming up. We've got way more than just a game preview here. Quarterback evaluation, mm-hmm. you know, the evolution of the quarterback position, and a little bit of discussion about the Super Bowl. Yes. All right, we're here with Greg Cosell. Thank you for joining us here. Uh, give us give the, the quick <laughs> history of what you've done. Oh, my years, God. Greg. Well, I'll start with this. When I saw Peter King at the Eagles training camp, uh, before this past season, you know, he said to me, do you realize that you've been part of the NFL for 40% of its existence? Wow. wow. And that made me feel really old. That's such a Peter stat. Too, I know, I know. I, down. I, I just finished my 40th year at NFL Films, and, you know, I always find this difficult to talk about because I'm really just a grinder at heart. You know, I'm not a look-at-me kind of guy, but... We started showing X and O football on television at, at NFL Films in 1984. Yeah. And I was the one who really started that. And for years and years, we were always told that no one cared about football like that. And in some right. ways, we're still being told that to yeah, some degree. I, I know. To yeah. some degree. And, you know, so uh, basically, I, I morphed from being uh, in, a filmmaker into being kind of an X and O football guy. Right. And when we got the coaching tape 
1991 or 92, I think it was, because I went to high school in Queens in New York, and my high school didn't have a football team, so I was a baseball and basketball player. So when we got the coaching tape, to me it became an academic and intellectual experience. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was learning the game, you know, through coaches. I was trying to learn through coaches. And then Steve Sable, maybe five, six years later, said to me, you know, you need to be going to the scouting combine every year so you can talk to coaches. And I think I started doing that in 1998. And now I've become, you know, good friends with a lot of coaches and are able to talk to them. I try not to talk to them during the season because I don't want to be just another guy bugging them. But, you know, great conversations in the offseason at the combine. You're always learning. But to me, you know, football is, is an academic and intellectual challenge. And I just love the tactics of it, the schematics of it. And that's sort of where, you know, my career has taken me and uh, you know if it wasn't for Steve Sable coming to me in 1984 and, and that's one reason we're so thrilled he just got into the hall coming to me in 1984 and saying hey you know there's something that we're tossing around and you're the guy and uh, you know I don't my career would have been totally different but yeah, you know I love this I mean I, I probably love it too much because I work way too hard <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so that's that's one of the things I wanted to ask you 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 you're kind of a combination of self-taught and just by you know, conversing with coaches and all that kind of right. thing. Because one of the things that obviously gets leveled at people like us at PFF is, right. well, you're not, you're you not didn't play. players, right. right? You didn't play the game, and you, you must have had to deal with some of the same thing. Um, I guess yes and no. I mean, uh, because when I started out, and for many, many years, I was behind the scenes. So while, you know, some people might have known who I was, if, you know, Ron Jaworski or Merrill Hodge mentioned me, you know, during the matchup show. But, you know, a lot of people didn't necessarily know who I was. So I did have a long stretch where I could really learn. And through my, my NFL films, which is my main job, I was very fortunate to, you know, go out on the road and do interviews for other type projects and then get to know people. Right. Like, I was probably the one person who I was so grateful and thrilled to know and actually call a friend and taught me so much was Bill Walsh. And, you know, I, I don't know if that would have happened if it wasn't for my normal job in NFL film. Sure, yeah. Like, I'm sure if I just called up Bill Walsh and said, hey, Bill, you know, I produce a show that's on television. I'd love to come out and talk football with you. You know, I, I don't know what he would have said, but, yeah. uh, but you know, I went out to do a project with him and we kind of hit it off. And he said to me the first time, he said, hey, come on, let's grab lunch. And all of a sudden I'm sitting across from Bill Walsh at a restaurant, you know, out in the San Francisco area, and because I was fascinated by football, obviously, and by the quarterback position, you know, I had nothing to say. I'm sitting there listening to him for two hours, and that was my first introduction, and probably did that four or five more times with him, and, you know, then all of a sudden you start to learn, And but I had a chance to kind of work in the background, right. you know, behind the curtain, so to speak, for a lot of years, so I, I didn't face that as much maybe, you know, and I, again, I don't know what you guys' situation is, but, you know, I didn't face that that much. Yeah. Steve gets to skate by because he looks like he played. <laughs> right. No, we just, the, the thing that's happened with us is that we kind of just started quantifying the game in a different way. Right. And whether it was dealing with coaches or front office personnel or just fans, you know, us trying to say, look, this 300-yard performance wasn't actually that great, or this four-touchdown performance was mediocre, or, you know, because Which you know, I the receivers did the work. Because until you watch the tape and see it, you know, it's like tackles. You know, a lot of times, because I do a lot of college work, so I know you guys do too, but I've, you know, I've already jumped into watching college tape. I've watched 11 quarterbacks in detail and two receivers. You know, when I go back, I'll just keep going into receivers, because from what I understand, there's a ton of them in this draft. Yeah, there's but, a lot. But, you know, a lot of times it's tackles, like with a linebacker. Well, he had 150 tackles. Well, 
right. Is that, that good doesn't or bad? mean anything to me until <laughs> right. I see the plays. Right. You know, that's just a number. It's like interceptions. Well, Jordan Love had a bad year. He threw 17 interceptions. Yeah. Well, why don't we watch the plays right. before we decide whether that's good or bad? Right. You know, as opposed to just looking at a number on a page. Absolutely. You know, I mean, that's and I know you guys agree with this. That's our know? that's our passion is yeah. to figure out the context on every right. play and to and try to see it through the same eyes and. Um, ours, we just, I just call it quantified film study right, for right. us, you know, just adding data and trying to paint that picture right, of right. what happened. So, um, so quarterback's always been your passion. I think that's, it's obviously Yeah, the, just the because of, of that whole thing with Bill Walsh, which started in the 80s, and so quarterbacks kind of became my thing. Although I must say, in recent years, I've become so much more fascinated with defense. Yeah. You know, just because I think with, with the speed of players on defense now, with, with a lot more use of, you know, what you guys know is sub packages, five, six, even seven defensive backs, I've become far more fascinated by all that. Sure. But quarterback still is, is probably my number one passion. Where would you say the evolution of the quarterback has gone? We've, we've gone through many times where it's like, right. all right, you need to have a mobile quarterback now, right? And that's happened when Vic came out. That's right. happened many times through the years. Are we at that point? Like, where do you feel like the future of the quarterback position is going? It's a great question, one I've been thinking about a lot. And mobility, as you guys know, is a relative term. Sure. Because there's different kinds of mobility. Like, I mean, I go back probably before you guys' time. I mean, I know you know who the player is, but I mean, I go back to Dan Marino. Mm-hmm. And Dan Marino probably could run a six-flat 40, but Dan Marino had incredibly light feet within the pocket, you know, what we call pocket movement. Uh, Tom Brady has been the same way in his career. You know, so that's one form of mobility. Now, another form of mobility, you know, is what Russell Wilson does. You know, then there's a Pat Mahomes who, yes, he's had some great runs the past couple of games, but I wouldn't call him necessarily a runner. You know, he's got the ability to get outside the structure of the play and make great throws on the run. You know, so there's different kinds of mobility. Is the question going to be, you know, Let's look at a Carson Palmer who came out in 2003 and was viewed in 2003 and for many years before that, the absolute prototype. Would, would that player be the prototype still? Right. You know, that, that's a hard question to answer. Yeah. You know, I think a quarterback in this draft, have you started your college stuff yet? Yeah, we have all of our grades and all that stuff. I haven't gone back in detail on these okay. guys, but I've got a good feel for, right. like for I the think, guys. I think a quarterback like that this particular year will be an interesting litmus test, and he's got other issues, so it may not, is, is it Jacob Beeson? Sure. Now, Jacob Beeson is not totally immobile, but right. I mean, he's not going to make his living in the NFL if he makes it as a guy who, who runs around a lot. Right. right. So, you know, how will the league see him? Right. You know, because a guy like that 25 years ago, oh, he'd be a first kind of pick in a draft. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. um, so it's a great question. I, I haven't come up with a brilliant answer. I still think think that guys who can throw it really well from the pocket are are important. Yeah, I think at some point you got to throw the football if you're a quarterback. Right. Now, then you look at Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson, they're the only team in the league, and this I know for a fact from people I know, the structure of their offense is built on him as a runner, not as a distributor of the football. Yep. Now, they're the only team in the league like that. Is Are more people going to think like that? You know, is someone going to look at Jalen Hurts, obviously a totally different kind of runner than Lamar, but clearly a very good runner, and say, hey, we can do that same kind of thing with Jalen Hurts? Right. I don't know the answer to that. Or I don't even, know what, you know, what your opinion is, but, you know, I don't know the answer to I, that. I think some people might might have, get think 
think Jalen Hurts is fool's gold. It might be fool's gold to think that you can duplicate what you're doing with Lamar. And, and with I'm, Jalen right, Hurts I'm not giving it up. I'm just saying, right. will people start thinking right. in yeah. those terms? Sure. I think you the know. interesting thing is it's, it potentially opens the door for these offenses that are now crafted to guys that you like. And right. the, the one that's coming up a lot now, because for some reason, Sean Payton has been talking him up all like since he got there, is the Taysom Hill idea. Correct. Right? If Drew Brees goes and retires, is Taysom Hill a viable option going forward? That's a great question. In a Lamar Jackson kind of offense that's built around him rather than just saying, right, you now have to become a prototypical NFL quarterback that can run a little bit. Well, if I know Sean, and I do know him, but we've not discussed this, I think he would try to find kind of a hybrid between the Lamar Jackson and a Drew Brees. Yeah. I don't think he would go 100% toward, hey, my quarterback, the offense will be built around the quarterback as a runner. I think he'd try to find a hybrid. Right. You know, yeah. because I don't think Sean's giving up the fact that he's a great designer of pass offense. Oh, and also, <laughs> that's a great point. Yeah. And also, that's a great point. <laughs> yeah, as, as much as everyone looks at, at Lamar Jackson as the guy that's, that's or the right. Ravens offense as the, the sort of thing that could potentially change everything. The whole thing is built off a guy who is a unique special talent. Like, you can't just plug a guy no, and, who's and almost a good they're runner. They're super creative with their blocking concepts right. out of, you know, given that he's a runner, what they do with their tight ends. Uh, you know, if you watch them, and this, again, I know for a fact, you know, only about 10 to 15% of those plays where he... F- you know, fix the handoff are actually zone reads. Mm-hmm. 85, 90% of them are actually designed runs. They have a f- one tight end or a fullback or two tight ends leading him. They're very creative with how they get to their right. their run game with him. Right. And, and those are designed runs. Yeah. I mean, he averages you know? an absurd amount of yardage before anybody touches him. It's, it's I, more than most running backs average total. Well, just as an aside, I'm so fascinated to see how defenses you know, this offseason, try to, particularly their division, and once the schedule comes out, the teams that play them, you know, the first four or five weeks to see what they do next year. Right. Because they're going to spend a lot of time well, on that. Well, absolutely. I, so I thought week one, the Dolphins came out and they said, we saw Lamar last year. He couldn't hit, couldn't throw the ball very right, effectively right, down right. the field. And they pl- they're just like, here, beat us deep over right, the top. Right. And then he did. And, right. he, and I know the Dolphins' defense wasn't great, but they're not like 60 right. points bad. It was like, Lamar, Lamar's just starting to hit right, those throws, right? right. right? And um, you know, our analysis on him coming out was like he's not the most accurate guy, but if you do build the run game right. around him and you create more open throws, like who cares if he Bill Walsh's the ball on the front number versus the back? Like it's right, open, right, you're right. still going to complete it right. and have ten yards. You know, so they've done a great job. I think they've of done an unbelievable job. Set. I mean, you know, to me that is just really understanding your players and really building a whole scheme around what you have. It's it's really brilliant. So I have a theory on quarterback play and production off okay. of that. And one of, the, uh, one of our favorite things to do, I think, is to take our quarterback grade and kind of separate it out from the production and say right. this guy had help or this guy didn't have help. He had a great play caller, had great playmakers, whatever it might be. Do you th- I think today's NFL, it's easier to take that mid-tier quarterback, say, and just, you know, produce in the passing game, whether it's through playmakers or through play calling. You've got way more experience in that. Would you say that is a common thing throughout the history of the NFL? Essentially, can you take that middle-tier quarterback and have a great passing season with that great supporting cast? Or is that easier to do in today's NFL because of the rules or just because they're just better at scheming it up? I think it's your last point is is a good one. I think that... um, there's very few transcendent quarterbacks. Mahomes would be one. Rodgers would be one. That you could theoretically say, we can run any system, and this guy will be a good player. Sure. There's very few. Wouldn't you agree? There's oh, yeah. very few oh, of those absolutely. guys. There's usually a handful, I think, right. that, you know, I mean, I think even, even guys who are clearly great first ballot Hall of Famers, I think, uh, and, and this term has become derogatory, but it's not, 
almost all quarterbacks are system quarterbacks. Yeah, you can't say that, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can't say I mean, people think you're, it's a it No, is derog- Drew Brees is a system quarterback. Of course, yeah. That's you could argue Tom Brady is a, is a system quarterback. There's very few transcendent guys. So, you know, it's funny. You know, we spent a lot of time talking about uh, this year Minnesota until, you know, they got beaten in the playoffs and, and their offense. And obviously Stefanski was there, but he was running Kubiak's system. And I remember when Matt Schaub was in Houston, and for three or four years in a row, he had over 4,000 yards passing. I think one year he led the league in passing yards. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I saw that same kind of offense in, in Minnesota this yep. year. I think you can scheme up, and I think Shanahan does it to some degree, which is why I think Jimmy Garoppolo takes a lot of heat and that's a different conversation but you know i think there are certain quarterbacks who get sort of put out there as the chosen one where people think they're great and other quarterbacks who get thrown out there and perceived as oh he's part of a system right and you know and i think but all quarterbacks are really part of a system you know yeah and there's only a few as we said that really can transcend any given system i mean you can never divorce the quarterback from the system he's in the whole thing is is wrapped up in one let's get on to the super bowl because it's an interesting thing to talk about in that regard Mahomes, to me, has entered this group of quarterbacks, as you said, the transcendent ones, where I don't even know what the game plan should be to slow down You mean Mahomes. defensively? Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, Rodgers at his very best was like this. What, do you, what are you supposed to do? You know, I think with most quarterbacks, you at least know what the game plan should be. Whether you can execute it or not is a different right. matter. Right. But what do you even do against <laughs> Mahomes? Well, I don't know if I'm smart enough to have a great answer <laughs> Tell for the that. Niners, right? <laughs> I mean, look, you know, I think the thing that makes Mahomes, besides we know he's a great thrower, uh, but even more special is the fact that he can make a lot of off-schedule plays, and when he leaves the pocket, he has great downfield vision. A lot of guys, when they leave the pocket, are throwing an eight-yard pass. Mahomes has that special ability to still see things down the field and leave the pocket and make a, you know, a 30-, 40-yard completion, mm-hmm. the kind of plays that are game-changing plays. Uh, you know, I, the thing, everybody will know what Andy Reid's going to run. Andy, to me... And, and, you know, I've talked to defensive coaches about this. Andy, to me, runs his plays. I don't think Andy's overly concerned, and, and this hopefully doesn't come across wrong, with what the defense is going to do. I think he has his core group of plays right. that he gets to from different personnel packages, different formations, different looks, different shifts and motions, and he runs his plays. Yep. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. To a certain extent? And he's really good at all he's of that. He's really good yeah. at all of that. Yep. Um, so if you're thinking about what you do, I mean... From a 49ers perspective, I think they're going to have to play more zone than man. They played more man over the last part of the season, which a lot of people may not be aware of unless you're studying it. But I think they're going to have to play more zone. I think they might. you might see a lot more split safety in this game. Because he, if, cause if you play single high, even if it's zone, your outside corner is still essentially going to have to match up at some point. Right. So maybe you'll see more split safety. Um, you know, I, I guess when you play the Chiefs, what you're just trying to prevent... And, and I think the Titans took this approach, and the Chiefs had a 13-play drive in the second half, which kind of sealed the game. But, uh, you know, I think you're just trying to prevent the long plays. Right, yeah. You know, and, and Mahomes was patient. He was patient. He was really patient. He was really right? patient, The yeah. fact that he's... 
Um, I don't know what you thought about Mahomes coming out, but we just this week started, uh, we went back to our scouting report. Oh, and, and I did too, many times. Yeah. <laughs> all his strengths remain strengths, right? right? And his weaknesses, I'm like, wow, he made that one kind of a strength. Yeah. You know, the whole like leaving the pocket and not having patience and missing Look, more throws than you expected, right? He, to me, watching him come out, and you know, this will sound stupid now, I'm sure, but it's, hey, that's all you had at the time. Mm-hmm. I thought there was a very reckless, loose, undisciplined nature to his play. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I remember talking to coaches that year at the combine, offensive coaches who I know well, and a number of them said to me, I would struggle to draft this guy because, you know, I'm going to work 18 hours a week putting my offense, 18 hours a day putting my offense together, and I'm not sure he's going to run it. Right. That's the thing. You I know, think, so, I mean, right? I mean, was, no, that was a fair assessment yeah, at the time. Yeah. Which I think why Andy Reid and the entire offensive coaching staff deserves a ton of credit for yeah. where, he's, yeah. where he's come. His negatives were always question marks more than negatives, right? It was can he do? Can right, he play right. within the structure of an offense over a much greater period of time that he's going to need to do at the right, NFL? Right. It wasn't that he definitely can't do this, but we don't know, and and that has to carry with it an inherent amount of risk that you go, well, look, I can't draft this guy number one because I don't know that he can do that. You can't. This is my thinking, anyway. I don't think you can evaluate a guy as a high, high-level process. I'm talking about a top five pick in a draft mm-hmm. based on his ability to make second reaction plays. Right. That, that, to right. me, you know, that, that's a little risky to Absolutely. me. Absolutely. And it gets back to your question about where's the quarterback position going. And there's, it's a great conversation without a specific answer, right. but it's a great conversation. Sure. Because I guarantee there's a lot of offensive coaches now that will say, hey, I can't draft a quarterback unless he can move around. And there might be other guys, maybe Kyle Shanahan, I don't know, who might say, you know what? My guy's got to be able to throw it from the pocket within the structure of my offense. Right. You know, I, I don't know if there'll be a, right. it's not a mathematical equation. I don't know if there's a specific answer to that. I used it as a tie breaker Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen a couple years ago. I right. said, I like Sam out of, outside the pocket. I think he's got a little right. better instincts and all that stuff, and I think that might limit Josh uh, Rosen's ceiling, right? And, and, you, was, and maybe you're right. I used yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Still, right. still to be determined, right. but that right. was how I was viewing it at the time. So. so just to wrap up, what do you think about Jimmy Garoppolo on the other side? Because he's an intriguing quarterback in terms of, you know, he, he his grades for us are sort of borderline top 10, a little bit beyond yeah. that maybe. But he's accurate if there was such a thing as a clutch gene, if there was a, you know, if you could measure clutch. Any way you slice the numbers, he's good in those situations, whether it's fourth well, quarter, whether it's trailing by, you know, needing to come back, whether it's third downs and long. Anything you want to look that's a, that's a clutch thing. No, the metrics are pretty good for him, right? right. Yeah. Yeah, good, I mean, good, not great. Yeah, so, yeah, so they yeah have, but I mean, he's getting ripped, and I don't get that. But I no. mean, his metrics are way That's better than that. That's recency bias. It's just That's like, yeah. oh, he only threw eight. People right. think that they've been running, like, the Navy offense exactly. all season. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. not, it's not the case. No, no. And I think, and, and again, I don't know how you guys feel, I think personally that Kyle Shanahan is the best in the league at understanding defenses, particularly zone defenses, because in zone defenses, there's players, usually linebackers and a, and a box safety, who have both a run responsibility and a pass responsibility. Yep. And I think he is a master at understanding those players, what their responsibilities are, attacking and breaking down those responsibilities. Yeah. He can manipulate individual players yes. better than almost, better than anybody. Yeah, I think. I think and so... I think Garoppolo, within the context of this offense, doing that presents a lot of timing and rhythm throws. Mm -hmm. And I think Garoppolo is really good. He's got a really compact delivery. He plants that back foot. He transfers his weight. He drives the football. He doesn't have a power arm, but their offense doesn't require a power arm. Right. You know, you don't see a lot of 50-yard, you know, bombs in that offense. A whole bunch of catchable passes, short and immediate, right? And they work between the the numbers exceptionally well, which is why, as an aside, I think you'll see Tyran Matthew as a robber a lot in this game, depending on situation. 
situations. We're with you yeah. on that. Yeah. You know, um, uh, you know, but I think that that Garoppolo fits really well into the Shanahan offense, which is why they wanted him because he he's a timing rhythm guy to me. Yeah. He's not immobile, but he's not going to run around a lot. I mean, he certainly can do the boot game, no right. problem with that. But he's just that's what Garoppolo is. Yeah, for us, it seems like this year he'd be having that nice game, and then one misread of a linebacker, one yeah. you know, strip sack, where he held a, the ball great too long, Every once right? in a while, he makes a throw right in the middle of the field and hits a, a linebacker between the numbers, and you go, okay, what did he see? And you, you'd have to ask him. We don't know, but right. you'd have to ask him. Right. Yeah. You know? Awesome. I love it. So um, any predictions for the game? Well, do I've you, had to do, do that, Steve. I don't, you know? I don't care that much, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. I, I like the discussion more than anything, yeah. but I feel like we have to. Yeah, and I've got to do it when we shoot the matchup show Saturday, so I've already done it this week as people ask me. So... And, and this is based on nothing other than I have to do it. Yeah, right. I picked Same. the 49ers 35-31. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a great game yeah. then. I hope so. But, you know, I think back to the 2007 Super Bowl with the Giants and Patriots, the first one, and everybody, including myself, was so certain that game would be in the 30s. Right. And wasn't that the 17-14 game? Yeah. Yep. So yep. who knows? You know? Same last year as well. The, yeah, the yeah, high-flying yeah. Rams offense yeah. just cause it doesn't get anything going. Yeah. That's so, right. Thank you, Greg. Hey, really appreciate, appreciate it, guys. Thanks a lot. Great. All right, special thanks to Greg Cosell. Yep. Of course, thanks to Jeff Schwartz. I got to admit, Sam, we've done some interviews on the show, and we're a little wary of interviews. We, we're selfish. We like to do all the talking. We are. Here. We're the we stars don't, here. We are the stars. We don't like to share the spotlight. You I have say, a whole verified fan. I, have, I do. Plus two others. We have three. Well, that's true, yeah. You know, we have two between us, plus I got one. I mean, that's a lot of fans. Three verified fans. So at least three people that are diehard fans, plus the millions and millions that listen. Yes. So... I have to say about the interviews, though, I love the discussion with Jeff, love the discussion with Greg as well, and I think we could do more of those. I want to hear the feedback, too. I want to know what people think about us having some guests and having those good high-end football discussions. Right. We've been, we've been making some connections down here on Radio yeah. Row, chatting a few people. We could get some guests on. We have also been making further developments in the two-on-two basketball we did. We just met Joe. We just met Joe. I Sized met him up. I met Hawk earlier. By the yeah. way, he's really small. I think. I mean, and Joe's bigger than I expected. Yes, this is my point. I don't think you appreciated he the physicality also, involved here. You know how you like want me to, you know, have a more intimidating presence, yes. and you know, he kind of stared me down. That's what I'm saying. You can't take that crap. You are six listed six ten. Yeah. You need to go big show style. Who was here? I got to work. Like whatever. You need to loom over him, look down at him. But the look he gave me, like I. He looked at you like you should be looking at the smaller people. I got to work on. Look, I'm not you. You are a smaller human being, and you're I can I watch than I am. We just met him right over here. But uh, here's the development. I was intimidated. One, he was very keen to find a basketball court like right here in South Beach on the beach. That's let's go. A, that's a bad sign. B, Hawk was talking about turning this whole thing into like a podcast two-on-two tournament, white man can't jump style. That would be right? great. Now, That'd be great. what Joe said is that they could take the around the NFL guys. I think we could take them as well. Yeah, I'd say so. I, I think, think we'd we get our ass kicked against Hawk and Joe, but I think we can take the around the NFL if guys. If we grab all of the PFF podcasts and, you know, take the best, you know, me, George, and Renner. You, George, and Renner? Rotate us You're in not even... Yes. Yes, I'm in that mix. Even in a three-man rotation, you wouldn't you can't be in have the, two guards out there. You, it would be George, Renner, and Eric. Oh, you, you wouldn't it. make the roster. Stop it. Me over Eric, absolutely. Hey, no, I don't think that's anyway. True. Tell our friends. 
So yes, one of our new podcast sponsors, Mint Mobile. If you're still using one of the big wireless providers this year, have you even asked yourself what you're paying for, Steve? What am I paying for? What are you paying paying for? for? Between expensive retail stores, inflated prices, hidden fees, you're being taken advantage of because they just know you'll pay. Yes, You are that dumb. They know that Steve is silly enough to just start paying for their retail store. And that's just, that's silly, Steve. Enter Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile provides the same premium network coverage you're used to, but at a fraction of the cost because everything's online. They don't have giant retail stores well, that's easy. that you are paying for like a sucker. Mint Mobile saves on retail locations and overheads, then passes those savings directly to you. This is a thing of the future, and they sent us a fancy box with the Mint Mobile um, SIM card. You just pop in the SIM card, you swap out your one, pop it in, register, you can bring your phone number with you, you don't have to change some crazy number, right. bring your number, and then you just save a giant fortune every month because you're not paying for all that crap that you don't need. That sounds like a great deal. It is absolutely awesome. a great deal. Use your phone with any Mint Mobile Prime, keep your phone number, ditch your old wireless bills, and start saving with Mint Mobile. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, 15 one five bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free go to mintmobile.com slash pff that's mintmobile.com slash pff cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash pff go check it out right now special thanks to jeff schwartz greg cosell what is happening everyone on radio row here to the guy in the background. There's a guy in the background who sounds like an X-rated Donald Duck. What is going on? I can't keep a straight face. I'm not being professional right now. You've got to play through you the entire are, situation. You're being dramatically more professional than George, who's basically having a, a he's collapsed in, in hysterical laughter over there. I what? refuse to let this sweat. So that's it. The PFF NFL Podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors. We did it. We made it through. Let's Just see about. if we can get Daffy on the show. <laughs> We're going to see what we can do. Thanks Dude, for tuning we need, in. We need to get one of those explicit stickers if he was coming on. We'll see you guys. <laughs> oh, man. Stick with us all week for the great Super Bowl content. We'll see you guys on Monday morning recapping Super Bowl 54. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray. In his NFL debut, that's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, you have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back, so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at nfl.com slash pro football focus NFL.